Welcome to Tales from the Gatekeeper. I am, as always, your host, the Gatekeeper. I have made it my mission to safeguard the goth scene from misinformation, commodification, and posers of all stripes. However, the gate serves two purposes, to keep people out and to let them in. On this podcast, I help baby bats to make sense of the barrage of often conflicting information online so that they may confidently delve into the lugubrious depths of goth while avoiding certain preventable errors. On this week's episode, we're going to be taking a look at arguably the most widely recognizable aspect of the goth subculture, the fashion. In spite of its iconic and arguably integral appearance, goth fashion has been somewhat maligned in certain corners of the online scene in recent years. Today, we'll be asking why that is and discussing the continued importance of sartorial expression to the goth scene. The gate is kept but open to all seeking knowledge. Fashion is the most obvious outward signifier of someone's being a part of the goth subculture. Like most music-based subcultures, goth has a sartorial look that can be described, if only simplistically, by many outsiders. While very few of us walk around openly blasting Spellbound on a speaker or waving placards that say, where's the new album, Andy? Seeing someone walking down the street clad in shades of black with winkle pickers and teased black hair will give many goths an indication that one of their own is around. The history of goth fashion is inextricably tied with that of the music. As has been the case for a great many years in a great many genres, both popular and alternative, Fans of goth music have taken fashion inspiration from the musicians themselves. The musicians didn't exist in a vacuum either. Susie Sue drew much of the inspiration for her iconic look from sources like kabuki theater makeup and punk fetish wear. Davanian took on the appearance of a televised Victorian vampire. Peter Murphy embraced a darker take on the slender pallor of David Bowie. Roz Williams combined Christian iconography with a morbidly androgynous look. Later bands, often fans themselves of the genre pioneers, would continue to emulate, refine, and evolve dark styles in these and other veins. Broadly speaking, goth style draws on a number of influences. These include the aforementioned inspirations from musical icons within the scene, but also others. History, and its depictions on screens large and small, has also been of not insignificant impact. Victorian dress, particularly that associated with funerals, mourning, and villainy, have been a staple of goth expression for decades. Cinema and television has also had an impact through styles such as German Expressionism, as well as vampire movies, and even certain darker movie characters like Nancy Downs, Lydia Dietz, and The Crow have had minor impacts. All of these looks, 
and more have been adopted, altered, and refined according to personal and local tastes by goths around the world. Having been around for over 40 years, certain looks are often associated with time periods or local scenes in which they were prominent. These looks include the trad goth and death rock looks of the 80s, although people who are in the scene then will often say that the early days were much less uniform than many people believe today. The romantagoths of the 90s, as well as the death rock and trad goth revival styles, which have been reappearing to this day. You may have heard about certain types of goth. There are even charts online claiming to display or delineate these, or quizzes to find out what type of goth you are. All of this has caused quite a bit of needless confusion for those entering the scene. Labels like trad goth, romantagoth, Victorian goth, fetish goth, etc. are generally only descriptions of a personal style of goth fashion, rather than some sort of goth type. Furthermore, while many people within the scene do have a general look that they aim for, there is no reason that one individual cannot wear these different styles as they choose. Even the looks most associated with the specific kind of music, like the death rocker style, are not limited to one of these so-called varieties of goth. In spite of this long-standing and subculturally important history, goth fashion has of late been somewhat maligned by certain people who claim to represent the community as a whole. There are a handful of reasons for this. One major source of these negative feelings towards fashion as a staple of the subculture is a backlash against those who wear the style as an aesthetic choice while neither listening to the music nor participating in the scene. Some of these individuals even go so far as to call themselves goth. This kind of behavior is particularly prevalent online on visually based social media websites. Another source of resistance to the inclusion of clothing as a core element of goth is the antipathy that many fans of the music feel towards consumer culture. Over the last few decades, and in contrast to the original necessity of DIY in the scene, a number of brands have arisen which often sell expensive, ready-made goth clothing. Certain goth-in-a-box internet personalities post videos and photos of their clothing hauls without disclosing sponsorships from these alternative clothing makers. Like all fast fashion, much of this clothing is made by workers who endure brutal, dehumanizing conditions. The environmental impact of fashion and consumer culture also contribute to much of the anger at these companies and those who promote them. There is also the problem of baby bats being misinformed by these internet presences and thinking that goth is prohibitively expensive or that clothing is all that is needed to consider oneself goth. Finally, there are those who do not wear any goth clothing, but still like the music, and want to be considered goth. In certain cases, this is because these people are not able to express themselves sartorially for cultural reasons, or workplace standards and safety. Other times they simply don't like the fashion, or aren't into expressing themselves through outward appearance. I want to take some time to address these arguments individually. With regards to those who express concern over internet personalities, wearing goth as a costume, I will begin by saying that those who wear goth styles and claim that this is the be-all and end-all of the scene are nothing but garden-variety posers. Putting on a costume and claiming that it makes you a goth is stupid and really no different from claiming that putting on a suit and tie makes you a businessman. That being said, the fact that some people use fashion to pretend to be goth does nothing to invalidate the historic or present importance of fashion to the goth subculture. 
In fact, the whole reason that these people dress up the way they do while pretending to belong to the goth scene is because fashion is an indication of subcultural membership. Were this not the case, there would be no particular style of dress for these posers to imitate in the first place. But goth is a music-based subculture, the fashion detractors will no doubt attest. Yes, it is. Goth is music-based, but that does not mean that it begins with or ends with music. In fact, the vast majority of 20th and 21st century music-based subcultures have a style of dress associated with them. There's a reason that if I ask somebody to picture a goth, a punk, a metalhead, or a fan of hip-hop, that an image will come to mind of somebody in a certain style of dress. This doesn't mean that an outsider will always get the image right, but clothing is a factor in most musical subcultures, including goth. Regarding the opposition to goth's absorption into wider consumerism, I do somewhat agree with the points being raised by those in opposition to this. There is much to be said about the harm that can be done when brands try to appropriate cash in on and sell subcultural ephemera back to the group it was originally taken from. It's also true that many of the clothing brands use sweatshop labor or contract manufacturing companies that do. The unsustainable strain that fast fashion and indeed consumerism as a whole puts on our environment is also a legitimate cause for concern. All of this being said, I still do not feel that these bad actors negate the role of clothing in goth subculture as a whole. While opposition to consumerism is something that I support wholeheartedly, I do not believe that we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Fashion was an integral part of the scene long before many of these companies even existed, and surely long before anyone short of the musicians and record labels selling band merch tried to market goth garments. The presence of bad actors trying to cash in on the sartorial side of the subculture does no more to invalidate the importance of clothing to goth than unethical practices in the music industry do to nullify the significance of music to the scene. Furthermore, allow me to set the record straight with regards to the financial cost of goth fashion. It does not have to be expensive or made brand new. DIY and thrifting have always been and continue to be important parts of the subculture. The DIY ethos has a long-standing historical pedigree in alternative subcultures, having arisen from a combination of the necessity of creating or altering clothing before any subcultural clothing was commercially available, and from the anti-consumerist counterculture that has run from hippies to punks to post-punk subcultures that gave rise to goth, and from the importance of individual expression to the goth identity. As for those who consider themselves goth but do not wear the clothing, I feel that their reasoning has varying degrees of legitimacy with regards to the application of the goth label. For those who live in areas, countries, or cultures wherein dressing goth is dangerous or downright illegal, this is far more understandable. As someone living in Canada, it is far from my place to pass judgment upon a goth living somewhere like Iran, for example. And I feel that people in these situations should not be excluded from goth for reasons ultimately completely beyond their control. Regarding those whose line of work prevents them from expressing themselves sartorially, my opinion varies. On the one hand, I am obviously aware that there are safety concerns in some industries or positions that make things like piercings, long hair, or flowing clothing very hazardous. There are also jobs, such as the one which I currently work, which are frankly far too dirty to wear much of anything that one does not wish to get filthy to. I do, however, still wear black. On the other hand, there are jobs in which people are not allowed to dress the way they want for purely work culture related reasons. To the largest degree possible, 
I feel that these restrictions should be opposed. I find the idea that someone should alter their appearance at all times, for example, restrictions on dyed hair or piercings, for a job that they are only at sometimes stupid. While I do understand that we do need to work whatever jobs we may hold to survive, I feel that the loosening of restrictions we have seen in many workplaces over the last few decades or so should continue and has only been made possible because some people have refused to toe the line. Considering those who simply do not have an affinity for goth style but would still wish to consider themselves goth, I must express that I feel some difficulty in regarding these individuals as fully belonging to the subculture. While I must confess that aesthetics are somewhat very near and dear to me, I would furthermore argue that given the integral part that fashion has played in the goth scene, that it does indeed constitute a necessary element of participation. The fact of the matter is that sartorial expression is an important and, dare I say, fundamental aspect of the subculture. This isn't to say that people can't enjoy the music or any other element of goth if they aren't goth. It's simply to say that I don't feel like simply liking music makes you goth any more than simply liking fashion makes you goth. Goth is an amalgam. It's a mix of multiple elements coming together to create something distinct from its many parts. The fashion is too important an element of the scene to be discarded. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. There was no guest this time around, so I hope that my rantings were sufficient entertainment. Today we covered a topic very near and dear to me, although I didn't start dressing goth until I learned about the music. The clothing was most definitely the first thing that I saw that sparked my own personal interest in goth as a whole. It has thus been my pleasure to guide you through a short history of our subculture's garments and to make some of my own thoughts on the debates surrounding them known. Join us next episode where I discuss goth club etiquette, finding friends in the scene, and spotting goths in the wild. Thank you for listening. I am the Gatekeeper. Have a pleasant night.